0: Today, I'm pleased to welcome Barry Kopoulos to the podcast. Barry is the president of Prairie Multimedia Productions. He's a producer of videos, webinars, and podcasting shows, and author of the book, Make Quality Connections, How to Up Your Networking Game. Hello, Barry. I'm so glad you could join us.
1: Well, thanks for having me.
0: You are a fantastic networker. Your tie even says The Quality Connector, which is the name of your book.
1: Yes. I actually discovered that you can put any image on a tie by a company. I discovered by Google searching it called Zazzle. And I decided to put my book cover in a tie. I've never seen anybody with a book cover in a tie. So it really stands out when I go out and network with people and meet people and wear this tie.
0: That's such a good idea. And you are a great networker. You've been called the master networker, the connector. Yes. Who was it who called you that?
1: I was actually Randy Penner of Business Sparks. They saw me networking so much at a meeting. It used to be at Perkins Restaurant in the city. In person, about 30 people came. And in the breaks and after the meeting before, I was always talking to people, networking. Say, oh, you a new person to come here. What industry do you work in? How did you find out about the place? That's networking, right? I wasn't right. selling anything. So they discovered that. And they said, we're going to call you the master networker. And I think somebody else gave me the connector, the subtitle of the other one to say, do you always connecting with people? You're trying to refer them to podcasts or whatever. So we're going to call you the connector.
0: I like it. That's not a bad thing,
1: is it? So somebody else <laughs> gave me those, those monikers there.
0: Is networking something that's always come naturally to you?
1: I, would say, I wouldn't say so because I'll tell you, when I was shy, 16 years old, growing up in, in high school in a rooming house, I'll tell you, one of the comments this lady made to me, every time they would go in the kitchen and do conversations, whatever, drink beer, whatever, I would always go there and listen only. I wouldn't contribute to the conversation. And then one day she said, Barry, you're always listening in the conversation, but you're never talking with us. You're never contributing to the conversation. Well, I was only 16, right? So very shy. And she said something pretty profound to me. She said, because you've never contributed to the conversation, I am gonna say that you'll be shy for the rest of your life. Ooh. I said, What a thing to say for a landlady, you know, maybe in her 50s, whatever, to a six-year-old boy. I was going to high school across the road, right? And some nights I say, Settle down! I want to get to sleep. You guys are partying here. I know you're the landlady, but you know have some common sense for, you know, people going to school or going to work, right? Because it was a party animal, rooming house, right? So, and sometimes I have to say that they say, oh, keep quiet. Go back to your room and you know stay there." You know, so I didn't want to get into fights, whatever. But so when I was sixteen, I was very shy, even around my parents' house when they had friends come over. I would very rarely contribute to the conversation of the adults. I would listen, but I wouldn't contribute at all. I would just listen. And I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing. We're just listening. They say, well, they always say listening is good too. You know, people should listen more than they talk, right? Right. So I was a listener in the beginning. And it wasn't until I came to Winnipeg that I switched over to talking.
0: How old were you then?
1: I believe I was about 20 or 21 years old.
0: Still quite young.
1: And how I got out of just listening was when you get in front of a TV camera, you can't just listen. you got to talk to the camera. So they said, we're going to, I actually submitted an idea for a TV show. And it was in search of friends. I said, I don't know if you're going to accept it or not. They said, yeah, we like that idea. So when they put me on the air, they said, okay. We're gonna count down, and when the red light comes on, that means we're recording or going live or tape whatever. And I, unlike some people, might freeze in front of a camera when the red light comes on. I didn't freeze. I just said, "Welcome to the Friendship Seekers show." We're gonna talk about my group. We're on Church of Friends, rather. We're gonna talk about my group, Friendship Seekers, and I'm gonna showcase what events we've done. And what kind of people we've met from all over the world, including England and Ireland. They moved to Winnipeg, right? They were trying to make friendships. You came alive
0: in front of the camera.
1: Exactly. That's right. And and, and I think I was also maybe taught or maybe I learned to say, just talk as you normally would talk for face to face in a coffee shop. Don't be not yourself. Just be yourself and say, hi, my name is Barry Coppess. Welcome to the... And search our friends' podcast show. I'll be highlighting some events we do and talking about friendship and how you can make friends in Winnipeg. That's what I did. It was a half hour show. I did some live and some taped. I think the most of it was taped, but I have the option to do live and taped. And then after that, ran for a while. One of the fellows in the club said, Barry, you've done too many shows. Everybody knows about Friendship Seekers now. Why don't you try something else? And what else could I try? he said, try computers. And well, that's an idea. So then I created this computer show called All About Computers. And the same thing. I said, welcome to the All About Computer show. We're going to talk computers, software, hardware. We're going to take your phone calls coming in and do that. So I transformed from the Friendship Club show to a Computer Club show.
0: That's quite a start. And you've Continued to work in media in various forms, haven't you?
1: Yes. After the after I ran for seven years on TV, I actually had a fellow one day at a trade show. Don Cairns said, "I've got a project for you, Barry." I said, "Really, huh? What kind of project?" He said, "You're going to like it." We met together. Said, "I want you to produce a radio talk show for my store." I said, "Really, huh?" What kind of talk show? He said, it's a one-hour live talk show. I want you to write the script, book the guests, and control the show. I said, Don, you know, I've done, I've done radio before. He said, Barry, I watch you on TV. If you can do TV with the camera, you can do radio without the camera. And did a one-hour live show. I booked very high-end guests on the show. We talked about hardware, software again, gave door prizes away. We took phone calls again there's a fellow named cam clark he ran the board the moderator board and i just i i just moderated the conversation to say welcome to the show mys barry what's your question what do you want to talk about hardware software you want to ask a sales manager question whatever you know and i conducted that and i was there on for about a year doing a live radio talk show you know rewind right and wow. uh, i had a big following of an audience because lots that was twelve nine talk radio it was on a major network in canada
0: wow wow so you went from the shy boy to someone who is confident to do tv shows and radio shows i think that's
1: really inspiring and one thing i'll mention the audience too i did this without any training whatsoever Back in those days, there weren't many broadcast schools. you go take radio broadcasting, maybe one, or TV broadcasting. I sat in front of the camera without any experience, and I said, well, could you coach me what to say or do or whatever? I said, okay, well, okay, fine. And so they coached me, and I did that without any experience at all. A lot of people would not go through that opportunity without having any training. I can't do that. I have no training. I'm scared. I might blow up. I might mess up big time. I wasn't thinking that way at all. I said, this looks like a great opportunity to get in front of a TV camera and talk about topics I know about. And I'm confident enough, right, about that. Right. So that's what I did. And I'm really proud of myself. And actually, here's a side little comment. When I got on TV, my mother kept saying to the town folk, my son's a TV star. I said, Mom, Aww, I'm not a TV star. Mom. I'm just a guy with a TV show. So everywhere she went around town, she said, my son's a TV star. She was very proud of me, right?
0: That I, I, I would take
1: up uh, broadcasting, right? She said, I didn't know that Barry would be interested in getting in front of a TV camera and producing a TV show. She was very proud of me. So she talked to the whole town. When I got to the town, she said, oh, there's Barry, the TV star. I said, well, I'm not a TV star. I'm just a TV producer host. I produce a little show called all about computers or in search of friends but they thought of me as a tv star
0: oh how exciting yeah and now you host your own pod
1: yes two two podcasts
0: two podcasts i apologize can you talk a bit about those shows please
1: so basically when i decided first of all when i decided to write a book back in 2020 2020 i guess it was when covid struck in may i guess it was I I wrote the book, and I said, now I want to get back into podcasting. Years before that, I actually did a podcast show out of your country, London, England. It was called RadioWorks.World by Marina Nanny. She has written 30 books. And one day she said, Barry, when you get time, could you come and click on this link? I'm going to put it on the Facebook page. And I want you to see if you like what I'm about to let you get involved in. So when I came home, this is before this podcast, I clicked on the link. And and when I looked at it, I said, this looks like a microphone link. I think that Marina, I didn't know this at the time, has got a podcast show running and she wants to audition me. And so Mm -hmm. she auditioned me for 90 minutes. I talk without any script about my life experience. After that, she said, Barry, would you like to have a podcast show on my network? I said, absolutely. I've always wanted to get in a podcast, but I didn't have the right door opportunity, open door opportunity. I said, sure. So I did. And she said, get a name of the show. I was going to call it Central Peg Life, which is a good name. Central Peg Life. Peg is abbreviation of Winnipeg. Central because we're Central Canada and life experiences. She said, okay. You'd pick a time when you want me to moderate. I'll be the moderator. You write the script about the guests so I did. And I did three shows. And two of the shows were life and death experiences. Life and death. Wow. They would say, you actually had two guests, both female, life and death experiences. One of them was a lady from England. And she had a head-on collision with her boyfriend in a motorcycle head-on crash. Mm. Uh, they were helmets, but they got she got badly injured and she shared her story. And I interviewed her on the show. I said, whoa, what a story I had to tell, right? Mm. And after the show was over, Marina said, Barry, that was a great guest and a great story. I said, well, I'm not just gonna pick anybody. I wanna pick somebody that's gonna have impactful, inspirational story, right? And then the next lady that I picked, another female, she was actually stranded in the winter time, in a car, pregnant, and she was supposed to get back to Winnipeg to an all-male IT meeting. And she she finally made it back. She didn't have a phone working, whatever. She finally made it back to the city, and they said, "What was her name now?" I'm gonna think of her name now. Anyhow, so they said, "You're late." I said, "Well, did you realize I was stranded in the in the winter?" And my uh, my car broke down <clears throat> on the highway. I'm actually expecting a baby. And all the males had nothing but bad things to say to her. They said, oh, you're woman. late. What happened to you? We got a meeting here. We got corporate people we're meeting with. And they kind of berated her. But you know what she did at that point? And she showed the story. She said, I'm done here. She walked off the door. Good on her. She's done. And guess what she became after that? And she shared this story on my podcast too. She became a multi-millionaire and she got the Women's Award for the Women's Enterprise Centre of Winnipeg.
0: Wow, that's phenomenal.
1: So she shared that story on my show. And again, Rena said, boy, that was another great story, Barry. Wow, you know how to find these people. I said, yeah, well, I, I found the people. Her name is Sheila Danska. And interesting enough, her daughter... Is now an MP for the Ottawa federal government under Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. I said, wow, your daughter is an MP in Ottawa? Yeah, she got elected to be an MP. I said, well, that's interesting. Both in the family, you're a multimillionaire and your daughter's an MP, Minister of Parliament, right? In Ottawa. I right, right. We'll talk about a nice story. And the third story that I had. That didn't go so well. This is an author. He got way off and rent and raving, and that was into that. So I did three shows, and then several years passed. I said, gee whiz, I kind of missed that podcast. And then I had this opportunity to say, I wonder if I could create another podcast based on the book that I just wrote, Make Quality Connections. I said, well, what can I call it? And I tried to think up some names that I know. My book is called Make Quality Connections. Maybe I'll call the podcast The Connected Networker because I'm a networker and I'm connecting people, right? That's how maybe The Connector came and The Master Network, right? Absolutely. It ties together. Have you ever heard of Robert, Rob Moore in England?
0: Yes. Yes, I've done his podcasting.
1: You have? Well, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I did some stuff with him too. So one day he said, okay, I want you guys to tell me titles of your shows. And I bounced the title off and said, I love that title, Barry. Keep it. The Connected Networker. He approved it.
0: Do you know something Mm -hmm. funny? He named my show. He did?
1: The best guest. (laughs) He fully named it. Really? Yeah. Okay, yeah, he's good. That's his idea. I like Rob. I I go to a lot of his events. I've been to many events. So anyhow, so I said, I'm going to call it The Connected Networker. And then I said, okay, now how can I frame it? I said, I know I'm going to talk about networking, branding, marketing. This is all part of entrepreneurial stuff. And I'm going to interview people in publicity, authors, CEOs, and networking organizations. So I put together a show called The Connected Networker. I said it fits. It is a companion to my book. And I actually wrote about the podcast in my book. I said, go listen to my podcast, The Connected Networker. And on The Connected Networker, I said, go get my book on Amazon called Make Quality Connections. How to Be a Networking Game. Because okay. you want to have something that fits, right? It's, it's a you brand. Do. My brand is networking. And, you know, and and what else? And connecting. That's my brand.
0: For sure. So can we go back a little bit to writing your book? What was it that made you want to write
1: Quality cons? OK, and there, we go back to Business Sparks again, because most of the speakers that they had came with books. I said, gee, everybody's got a book. This person got a book. This person got a book. One person actually got a book. He got to go co-author with Jack Canfield and Brian Tracy. And I said, oh, that's interesting. He he had it signed. He was a real estate guy. He signed it. Everybody got a copy of this book. I said, gee whiz, everybody's got a book. And so I actually took lots of notes at this organization, right? It was about an hour long. And eventually when the COVID happened, I said, gee, what can I write about? Many years earlier, I was going to write about video production, a book. And I said, no, I won't write about that topic. I'll write about networking. Because that's what I have been attending all these eight years networking. I learned a lot from the meetings I I networked at and the speakers. I made lots of notes. I said, I'll put everything I learned into a book. I just started writing, right? I basically emptied my brain, all the thoughts and people I've met over the years, and I just dumped it on paper. They said, don't edit when you write, just dump it all on paper, edit later. Just write as many ideas as you can. And don't stop until maybe you need a break or whatever. That's what I did. And I think I wrote 80 pages of 8 and by 11 in my first phase. I don't know how many words that was. but And I did all the chapter titles, too. And so I put out the chapter titles. Well, can I? how can I list the chapter titles? Well, tell me how you meet these people, why you met them, you know, whatever what size of venues was a small meeting of 40 people or 200 people whatever and what levels of people you met like i want to say well i actually met the prime minister of canada oh really oh that's a pretty big powerful person i met ceos and billionaires and millionaires oh that's pretty impressive too so i wrote all that stuff in my book and and so the other reason that i was inspired to write the book because you heard of sir richard branson
0: I have indeed. Have you met him? No, but I've been on his planes.
1: You have, wow. Okay, well, the Virgin That's planes. That's impressive. <laughs> okay, so I got a now a, a one degree connection to Richard Branson, maybe two degrees. Have you? Because Raymond Aaron lives in Toronto and he's a business coach to Sir Richard Branson. Have you heard of Raymond Aaron? No, he's a business coach to Raymond Aaron, to Sir Richard Branson. He told me that at a meeting. He did a two-day conference. So he's also a book coach. So I took a course from him okay. called the 10-10-10 course. How to write 10 chapters in 10 weeks and 10 hours. Yeah, 10 hours, 10 weeks. And what did I say? 10 hours. Yeah, 10 hours, 10 chapters, 10 weeks. Yeah. I said, okay. So I got inspired by that course, right? Raymond Aaron, when he wrote his first book, he was very embarrassed by his first book. He is a terrible book. I wrote. I said, Well, oh, you're actually sharing that? And and I said, well, I don't want to write that kind of a book where it's a terrible book, so I'm going to take longer than 10 hours or 10 weeks to write my book, right? I want to write a quality book. Just do write a book for the sake of writing a book, right? I want to write a book that benefits people. That's what I did. It's beneficial, right? And it's got some great content in it. It's got some stories about me, and it, but it's got some great content about networking and techniques and and experiences when I went networking
0: can you share any techniques for someone who might be thinking about networking
1: well one thing I learned from Ron and I thought it was his acronym I made a note of it and I said Ron is this F-O-R-M your technique he said no I just heard it from somebody else I said so well, it's okay to put it in the book he said yes I said so he actually explained what it meant so when you meet a stranger for the first time here's what you do you take one of one letter or more letters and you break it down. F is for family. You start, you start okay. talking about the family. For example, if you say from the United Kingdom, I say, so have you visited Israel and Scotland? Are you of Irish or Scottish descent? Let's talk about family, right? Heritage, genealogy, right? Because you're British, right? I might say that and that's not insulting, right? You could have some heritage no, in you. Not at all. Irish Scottish, whatever, or Wales, whatever.
0: How did you tell? Is it my pales?
1: <laughs> oh, are you Irish, Scottish?
0: <laughs> Both, yes, more Scottish descent. Yes. Okay.
1: So that's the F. When you talk about the family, the O is occupation. You talk about the occupation okay. of the person. You might say, Oh, I I, I see you're selling IT computers or printers, were you always in computers and IT? And they might say, well, no, I actually worked for a, a place with mainframe computers. I had to handle big magnetic tapes. And they might say that, right? So that's occupation. They're, t- they're in front of a, a display of printers and computers. But they said, no, I used to, before this, I worked in a place I had to process tapes, magnetic tapes. I see. The, the R is recreation. That's always a fun one. You say, okay, you're in Winnipeg, Canada. Did you know that we have a lot of great beaches here? About seven beaches. And we have a world class beach. Really? We have a world class beach. Yeah, we do. It's called Grand Beach. And I'll tell you what, on a hot day many, many years ago, I saw 40,000 bodies on the beach that were in their swimsuits, all lined up, sun tanning. It was packed. They have west a West Beach and East Beach. It's a provincial park, and they say, "Oh, I want to know where this beach is, and I want to go to it." I say, well, "It's a provincial park. You might have to pay a little bit to get in the park, but it's a beautiful beach. They might have actually made movies at the beach too, films, and there's nice sand and people just love the beach. The young people flock to the beach on hot day. So that's the R in form, and the last letter M is message. What message do you want to get? from me to you like you already know my multimedia I'm, i'm excited i'm passionate boy that guy's a passionate guy oh wow he blew me away by his talk right he's animated his body language is good whatever right and so that's the message you want to get across that this fellow would be a great guest to be on a tv morning talk show or maybe a business show right because he's very animated he's not dry or boring he's He's full of excitement and passion. So that's so that's the letters F-O-R-M.
0: That's really useful to know, I think, for anyone's start and how you can start conversations. Because sometimes it can feel a bit awkward, can't it? Or a bit forced when you go to events. Yeah,
1: What I do, and this is very unique. When I come to England, I'll also give this to you too. But here's what I do. I don't know how I came up with this idea, but it, it works really well. I'll give you a few examples here. When I meet somebody for the first time, I say, are you a first-time visitor to our city? And if they say, yes, I am. I say, well, I am the ambassador for the mayor of Winnipeg. The new mayor we have now is Scott Gillingham. And I want to give you a special pin from the mayor's office.
0: And it's the crest of our
1: city in Latin, right? I give it to them. And you know what they do right away? They take it out of the package and put it on their clothing. I said, oh, I thought you were going to put it in your pocket. No, no, no. I am going to put it on because I'm honored to receive a pin. I might give them a pin with Manitoba on it. If I say I know the premier of our province. I said, oh, boy, you're giving Manitoba a pin? I said, yeah, we give all kinds of pins out. I can go to my MLA and say, I want 50 pins assorted. I got polar bear pins here. I got a certain of pins. And you see, when you do that to a special guest or a stranger, are they going to forget you? No,
0: no, that's very memorable. They're not going
1: to forget you, right? If you go back the next year and say, I remember you. You gave me a Winnipeg pin one year ago when I was here. I said, boy, you have a good memory, but I already got your pin. Ah, but I got a different pin for you this time. I got a Golden Boy pin. Oh, what kind of pin is that? Well, it's the actual statue on top of our building. And I'm going to give you a pin that represents it.
0: Do you always make sure you have some pins on you Absolutely. when you go
1: out? When I traveled to Los Angeles last year in November, I had about 300 pins. I brought a whole collection of pins. I didn't give them all out. But I it was when I was going to network with people, I want to say, oh, I want to give you a pin. I'm actually the ambassador for the mayor of Winnipeg and the premier Manitoba, and here's a pin for you. There's nothing expected in return, right? Yeah. And you see, the reason I do this is because everybody gives out a business card. Oh, I already got thousand of cards. But when you give out a pin, they said, nobody's ever given me a pin before. You're the first time person. I said, well, there you go. And I'll give another example what happened, and it's in my book. When I went to this big convention of a thousand people, do you know who Les Brown is? Les Brown? I do. You do? Did you ever meet him? I've, I've seen his videos. Okay, I have his videos. So I went to this event where Les Brown was one of the speakers, and there was a whole bunch of speakers lined up. But before the event started, I went to the side at the front where the speakers were, or People look like they're in charge of the event. I said, oh, are you guys the first time visitors to our city? They said, we're from Florida. We've never been here before. I said, oh, that's interesting. Well, I want to welcome you to our city. I shake their hand. You know, welcome on behalf of the ambassador, Mayor Brian Bowman. And I want to give you a special pin to welcome you to our city. And I gave them all kinds of pins, right? Maybe I gave them a natural pin too. And so then, this is amazing. I wasn't expecting this. I didn't do it for that reason. They get up on stage and say, oh, welcome everybody to the Get Motivated event. But before I start, I want to acknowledge the ambassador, Barry Copeless for Mayor Brian Bowman, that just gave me a pin from the city of Winnipeg. And you see what I just did now? I did something again that nobody else. Well, actually, there was another person that was giving out pins. He didn't get acknowledged. I don't know why. Well, he made not didn't call himself ambassador, right? I'm an ambassador. Oh, that's a big, powerful position. That guy was just say, oh, I'm actually going to give you some actual pins, some buffalo pins. But he didn't say I'm an ambassador. I said, I'm the ambassador confidently. And he said, oh, boy, I just spoke to the ambassador for the mayor of a city. And he acknowledged me on stage. And maybe the audience would say, how the heck did that guy named Barry Copas get mentioned on stage? Who is this guy? And I didn't know that we have an ambassador at this event. Well, I asked Mayor Brian Bowman at an event. I said, Mayor, B- Brian, can I call myself an ambassador? Yes, Barry, you can call yourself an ambassador. You're a goodwill ambassador. If you want to promote our city and give out pins and greet people and tell them about attractions or whatever, go ahead. That's a good thing, right? Yes.
0: It's a really good thing. Yeah. It's a really good thing. I don't think I've come across anybody that does that. And I like the giving. It's like you're just, you're making friends, aren't you? Yeah. You know. You're not asking for yeah. anything.
1: And you see, and again, I'm not selling anything whatsoever, right? I give them a pen. Right. I don't say, oh, you got to buy my book. Here it is, $10, whatever. I just say, I'm the ambassador. I want to welcome you to our city. Here's the pen. Have a nice day. I'm looking forward to the event. That's it. No selling. And that's what you got to do, right? I really instill on people, don't try to sell your service or product when you meet someone the first time. Just get a conversation going. You ask them where they're from. I went to another event. I detected an Australian accent. It was HP. I said, I think you're from Australia. He said, you're correct. I said, what do you know? My brother is in Australia, Adelaide. And we got a conversation going. I said, you know what? I actually used to do a TV show on computers. I own HP printer equipment. And we got a conversation going. He wasn't trying to sell me any computers or printers. We we're just having conversation. And I think I gave him a pin too.
0: I can see why you got the name, the Master Connector. Yeah. Master Network.
1: <laughs> so you see, this could be another brand of mine, right? Because I could brand myself the pin giver. That could be another title. Because I don't think I know many people that give out pins you know, as a way to get a conversation and make a connection.
0: I've never come across it. <laughs> I think it's really unique. Obviously, it's really important to build your network. And and you've talked about some things. To anyone who needs convinced, why would you suggest people work from building their network? An
1: example, I'm always looking for signs of a way to make a connection with somebody. Okay. And I okay. got the sign. <clears throat> Have you heard of The Law of Attraction? You must have heard of it. Yes. Or The, uni- or the Universe yes. or The Secret? I have. I have actually discovered it from Rainbow I watched Era. the film. So anyhow, I was in the, oh. an event one day at Memorial Park in a park, and I saw this guy with a video camera. Right away, things click, right? Gee, I'm a videographer. He's got a video camera. I got ask him the question, are you with the media? No, I'm not with the media. Why? Well, I see you got a video camera. I'm also a videographer too. Then he says, "Oh, that's interesting, because I'm looking for somebody to work on a marketing video for a restaurant." I said, "Oh, that's interesting." He said, "Yeah, I know the owner very well, and she wants to put together a marketing video. I need a team of people." I I think he did a Chinese TV show, and we we connected because we talked video. He's got a camera, maybe I had my camera too. We made a connection. He said, Oh, could we get a meeting together? I said, Sure. So we got a meeting together. And it turns out that she wanted us, somebody, to film the inside of the restaurant, the buffet, it was a buffet restaurant, and the outside. And this fell I forget what his name is now, he said, Okay, can you put together a crew to get this production made? I know, okay, I probably can. I, I know a lot of people that are in video and photography, so I could, probably could put together. So we had a meeting together, and we agreed on a price, about three to $5,000, you know, for the whole project, and I brought everybody on board. I was a producer. I brought another fellow that was from the Philippines that he was eight years with a network there. I said, Manny, would you like to work on a project? It's actually going to shoot... A restaurant, the food, how they make the food, whatever. And also they want me to find seven people to do testimonials, which I did find. I said, I met these, this family of four people. I said, would you guys like to come for a free dinner at a restaurant called the Royal Fork on Lajamoti? It's no cost. The only provision is after you eat the dinner, you have to give a testimonial. Would that be okay? Turned out that the daughter was interested in movies i know she's in her movies that's perfect so she can get on camera and pretend she's an actor right in the movies so i got this family of four and i found two other girls that were at the library they were singers i said would you guys like to come to a free dinner on me and all you have to do is give a testimonial so they came down on the day we're going to shoot and they gave their testimonial So we thought we'd have two months to do the project, and we only had one month. We did it October, Thanksgiving, and they said, you've only got to the end of November to get this done, and over to us, and maybe minor editing, whatever. So this fellow, Manny, who shot the whole video with dollies and everything, very professional equipment, he took one week off to the editing, and after it was done, and and I asked Manny before, I said, Manny, this is going to be like an experiential video. To watch the video to experience the food and what the restaurant looks like before you even get there. He said, Oh, I've actually done one in, in the Philippines. I said, Really? Holy smokes. I didn't know he didn't experience the video. He said, Yeah, I've done one like that before. I said, perfect. So he knew what to do, right? You take pictures of the food and video and all that kind of stuff. And so he knew what to do. And so in the end, We did five video clips. They're on YouTube right now. And we got paid the money. And those videos showed five different stages of going to a restaurant. And that was all because I walked up to this guy, said, hi, I see that you got a video camera. Are you a media guy or what do you do? He, and he told me, and then we got together and uh, produced a video. I think I had five-man crew. Well, there's one woman and four guys on the crew.
0: And you never could have predicted that when you just went up to no. have a chat.
1: <laughs> exactly. Because he might have said, do you speak Chinese? No, well, don't worry, because I translate. This lady doesn't speak Chinese. She's, she's a Chinese person, right? So every time we had a meeting, he had to translate what she was saying. She was the owner of the restaurant. And so that's what I want to instill on people: that you never know when there's a lucrative opportunity out there, and don't sell off the bat. You know, just say, "Oh, I notice you have a video camera. Uh, what industry do you work in? If you're not in media, will I do video production, Chinese videos?" I said, "Well, what do you know? I do a TV talk show. You know, whatever." And we we got connected together.
0: I love that. You also work as a backgrounder in movies as well in your spare time.
1: Yes, I do. I've been in about 20 movies. I'll tell you, I got the first role in my first movie way back after my TV show ended. It was a Winnipeg ad in the Winnipeg Sun newspaper. And all they said, we're looking for people, backgrounders or extras to be in a reenactment, maybe of a TV disaster film. Oh, that's interesting. That sounds interesting. It's a chance to get in the movies, right? Or whatever it is. I phoned up the number and it was a wrong number. I said, oh gee, the number doesn't work. So then I phoned up the classified department of the paper and said, I'm trying to contact this number because they're looking for people to be in this production of some sort. And so they said, Oh, we we actually mistyped the number. I said, oh, okay. So they gave me the number. It turns out it was a company in Regina, Saskatchewan called Partners in Motion. I talked to them, I said, i'm answering your ad in the newspaper they misprinted the number i'm available tell me more about this project they said okay what it is we are going to shoot in your city in august and we want you to be on a plane it's a without no wings it's a broken down plane retired plane air canada jet plane just the haul of the plane and we're going to reenact an aircraft disaster I said, really? Now, some people say, oh, I don't want to be an aircraft disaster. Well, I don't want to be kind of that movie. I don't like disasters and plane crashes. I said, well, that's interesting. You're going to reenact it, right? That's the key word reenact. This is not a real air crash, right? And so I went down to this aviation museum in the city. I got there before nine o'clock and it's okay. You see that plane? You're going to be seated in a seat. I said, okay, I got to tell you up front. I've never been in front of a TV camera before. Oh, don't worry about that. The camera slash director is gonna coach you and tell you what to do. I said, good, because I didn't know how to act. I didn't take any acting lessons in school. He said, don't worry, just sit in the seat and we'll tell you what to do. And so they put the clothing on me. It was a December around Christmas time. This plane crashed. It's a real plane crash, right? I dryden, Ontario. People died in the plane crash too. And he said, okay. So mm-hmm. this is the thing that got me uh, amazed. He said, "You're going to play the character Ricky Campbell." I said, "You actually give me a character name?" He said, "Yeah, you're Ricky Campbell. And you're coming back with jazz jazz gig in California and you're saving the woman next to the pregnant from dying." I said, "This is my role in my first ever in front of a TV camera." He said, "Yep, that's your role. You're going to save the pregnant woman from dying." I said, "Boy, that's interesting. I didn't know that." I thought I'd just give me in a, in a plane crash and you get in the plane crash position and you get ready to crash, right? No, no. And so right. they did about many takes because like I said, I never acted before, right? And the first take I they did, which I didn't do right, they said, You don't sound like you're injured enough. You've got to bare your teeth and show fear. I know, oh, okay. Well, how do I show fear? Ah, yeah, I you got so scared, right? The plane just crashed. You gotta show fear. I know, okay. Well, <laughs> now I now you show me what to do, I'll do that, right? So they Another take, right? Okay, well, that's good. And then they said, now we're going to pretend to put wreckage falling down on you, like wreckage. You know, it's all planes all broke apart, right? And he said, okay. So they said, I want you to push the wreckage off this lady, you know, because she's buried in the wreckage, right? And so they roll the camera and they say, okay, roll the camera, okay, and push the wreckage off. So I go like this. They said, no, you can't do that. It's heavy wreckage. You have to go, you know, like it's heavy. And so I think we did about seven takes. And one take, they said, "Okay, now we're going to put some blood on you." I said, "What kind of blood do you use?" We use pig's blood. So they put this pig buzz all over me, bleeding. Right? I'm injured. Right? Oh, okay. Put pig's blood on me. You know, I'm getting the <laughs> lowdown. Right? On how they do this stuff. That's good. I'm learning. Right? It's okay. I'm not. There's no life and death situation here. And it, here's a funny thing too. We shot on a 105 degree day Ooh. temperature. Outside, it was 105. Oh, my goodness. That could have been very comfortable. I kept wearing winter outfits inside, like winter skirts. And I was wearing a sweater and wool pants, oh whatever. Oh, my
0: gosh. You must have been sweltering. We were
1: cooking. Well, one one person said, can you kill me off? I want to die. They said, no, you don't die. You survive. So you've got to uh. stay right to the end. <laughs> uh, there was some prisoner maybe that died. Okay, the prisoner died. And maybe the comp died we're a prisoner on the plane too as so, well the cop died so now you're done so you're, you're dead so you're you're finished you can go home now but all you other ladies that i know you're sweating in your skirts and your sweaters whatever you, you're alive you don't die because it's hot outside right right yeah so you now we did that for eight hours shoot at the end i think i got about 50 or 75 dollars i wasn't in for the money i was in for the experience Because I I never did this makeup with blood and all this other stuff, right? So that was an experience. And and now they've actually located. And here's the interesting thing is, when they aired it on the History Channel in Canada, I did get 30 seconds on camera. Wow. When they saw me with my crazy motions, you know, whatever. I said, well, look at that. And they actually have it on YouTube because I found it. I actually missed it when I saw the TV show. I maybe was working or busy. And somebody said, hey, Barry, I watched that disaster center, the Dryden air crash, and I saw you on camera. I said, really? I missed it. But now they've uploaded to YouTube, and I found it, and I I saved it. Because you can see me in the scene.
0: Oh, I'd like to see that. Yeah. You send me the link. I'll send you the
1: link. (laughs) Yeah. So i got 30 seconds.
0: I love how open you are to all experiences. Yeah.
1: See, and that's what you have to do, right? Some people don't like open doors, opportunities, say, unless I know what's through the door, I'm afraid to go through that door. That's so Experience. true. Oh, and you know what Les Brown's word of the day is? I always tell people about this. Don't use the word impossible. You know what Les Brown says? It's possible always say it's possible if you say i want to work in a movie but i have no experience it's possible that you might be called it's possible you might be upgraded to a better role and that happened to me i was in one role and they upgraded me to a, a french gendarme role, police officer role i didn't know it's going to happen but it did people always got the negative thoughts when they think stuff, right, they'll say, I'm going to go to this event of 100 people. I'm not going to meet anybody that's of interest at all. They put that negative thought in their head, right? Is I'm not going to meet anybody that's going to benefit my company or whatever. Right away, they think negative, right? I don't think that way at all. Yeah. I just went to a big conference yesterday, a restaurant and hotel association. And if you, well, I'm not going to meet anybody in the hotel association. I know I met three people that knew me. At this conference, I met three people that have actually worked in the movies or want to work in the movies at this conference. And it was not really the movies at all. It was hotel and restaurant. People say, Oh, I work in movies. Why would I go to a restaurant, hotel conference? There's going to be nobody in movies there. Well, I found four people that either want to work in movies or work in movies. And they had experience with Steven Spielberg. I said, Holy smokes. I didn't know anybody that would be going to the Oscars was Steven Spielberg. And I met this lady. So you never know in this world of the population of our planet where you're going to meet people. People got this idea that I'm not going to meet anybody on the plane that's of any benefit, right? They're going to be all sports people or whatever. And they, they think negative, right? But I met somebody that knows Nia Vardales in Los Angeles. I said, you know Nia Vardales? Well, I know the family. I got off the plane. This guy said, I know Nia Vardalis. I know her phone number, too. I said, what do you know? On the WestJet plane, I meet somebody that knows Nia Vardalis. I gave the guy my <laughs> card. He said, well, could you put Nia in touch with me? Because I like to interview on my podcast show.
0: Such a good idea. Oh, Barry, I could talk to you all day. Where should listeners go to connect with
1: Okay, well, I do have a link tree. And it's basically linktr.ee forward slash Winnie Media Expert, W-I-N-N-I Media Expert. It's got all my links to my social media, my websites, all the interviews I've done so far. And whenever you get this one, I'll put the link to this one, too. It's got everything there. Oh, and I want to mention something, too, as a gift to the people watching I will give out a sample ebook of my make quality connections book. If they drop a line to or they go to my website and put their email address in, it's got all the chapter titles and extracted quality content from my book. It's about 15 pages.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Yeah.
1: So if, if anybody wants that, just feel free to drop me a line producer at gmail.com is my address or go to my website, fill out the form and I'll be happy to send you out a sample ebook. I hope I got your listeners some good advice and information. And finally, I just want to say to listeners, you have to step outside your comfort zone. You have to think outside your box and try new things and challenges and you'll go far in life.
0: You heard it first here. Thank you so much, Barry thank you so much for listening to the best guest podcast today I'll talk to you again in the next episode